Yes, you're listening to Law & Gospel. I'm Pastor Tom Baker on this October the 9th in the year of our Lord, 2017. Death in Las Vegas. Hurricanes in the South. Fires in California. What does Paul mean in Philippians chapter 4? Do not be anxious about anything. And he also says in whatever situation he finds himself, he is content. How can you be content in the midst of murders, terrible wind, and fires? Well, we're going to talk about that today on this October the 9th in the year of our Lord 2017. Because this is one of the readings for the 19th Sunday after Pentecost, this coming Sunday. Uh, Tomorrow we'll be taking a look at the hymn with Mark Smith, A Multitude Comes from the East and the West. And we're going to ask the question, how do you know you're part of the multitude? But right now we're going to be asking this question, how can you be not anxious about anything? I've been really fascinated by the news recently in regard to the Las Vegas shootings. They are at wit's end. They're, They're almost frantic in trying to find out the reason why this individual killed so many people. Some are looking maybe at political views. Others are saying, well, maybe there was a social part. Others are saying, well, he might have just had a brain disease. And as each day goes by, there appears to be no evidence for any of those. And people are frantic. And the question I have is, why are they so frantic? Because religion has been taken out of the equation. Religion? Well, specifically, Christianity. Most Christian denominations continue to teach about the reason why he did what he did. It's so simple. It's called original sin. Why are people, therefore, so anxious to figure out the precise reason. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the answer to that. Because until they can figure out the precise reason or what some have referred to as the trigger that set him off, they can't understand why he did what he did. And why does that bother them? Because it leaves the impression that this could happen to anybody. What could happen? Original sin and the devil getting to them. I've not understood why people are so desperate to figure out the reason why he did what he did. It's simple. He's a sinner. The devil tempted him. I don't know what the reason was. We don't need to know what the reason was. But you see... We like to be rational about everything. Until we can find out the reason, then we're left with the possibility that 
boy, could I ever do this? And the answer from the Bible as to whether or not you could do this is, of course you could. What do you mean? Any person is capable of this? Yes, every person is built in their conception with original sin. There's no one who cannot become, for example, a Nazi soldier. If you had been in Germany before the Nazis came to power, you would have found that many of the soldiers who became Nazis and then ended up killing Jews indiscriminately, they were nice people. They may have even gone to church. They would have been decent people. What happened to them? What was the reason? Well, you can't say, you know, Hitler was a good speaker or something like that. No. The original sin was brought out to bear by the devil. I don't have any problem why this individual did what he did. But I can understand why other people had the problem because they're saying, are you telling me that I could be like that? Oh, absolutely. How many true movies do you see of revenge where a father's daughter is killed and he goes out after the person who got away with murder? This is just part of our inclination. Now, there you have a reason why he's going after. But I don't need to have a reason why people do evil. It's always out of some kind of self-interest. But it's not necessary to figure out what that self-interest is. The devil's very powerful. But how can Paul say, therefore, that he is not anxious about anything? What is there to offset his anxiousness? If there was anybody to be anxious about something, it certainly would have been the Apostle Paul. There were congregations he had visited that appeared to fall from the faith. There appeared to be times when he was persecuted. He was whipped. He was imprisoned. Would, would you not be anxious about those things? But you see, that's the critical difference between law and gospel. If you have a list, and on the left side are the things that you could be anxious about, and the right side is that which keeps you from being anxious, what would you put on the right side? On, on the left side, it would be pretty simple. Uh, lack of uh, money. The possibility of a home going into foreclosure, a spouse that wants to leave and divorce, children don't, that don't see you anymore, or children you have at home that are really disobedient. Talk about anxiousness. Probably that's one of the reasons why the pill sold very well are pills to get people to get to sleep. Because have you ever gone to bed and then there's something on your mind and you just can't get tired? That's happened to me a bunch of times. 
what would I do then? I either get up and watch a television show that I had taped and wanted to see. Get your mind off it. So we as Christians don't have to be concerned about why somebody does something wrong. It's called evil. And God knows maybe what the trigger was, but it's finally original sin. That self-interest is paramount to us. So here's your list. You have a graph, two columns. The left side are the things that make you anxious. What do you put on the right side to offset that anxiousness? So you get to the point that Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. Well, the way you answer a question, and that's why I kind of like doing the Sunday school lesson on issues, etc. each Tuesday, is because Todd always begins with a question, and the answer is not found in my mind. The answer is found in the Bible. Scripture interprets Scripture. So if Paul is saying, do not be anxious about anything, he has to give why he is not anxious about anything. And it doesn't take long. We're looking at Philippians chapter 4, 4 to 13. He, he begins in verse 4 in our text, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Well, how's that possible? How can we rejoice in the Lord always? In other words, are there not events that occur in our lives that make us concerned about the future? No. Paul says rejoice in the Lord always. And it's the next verse that is what is on the right side of the columns. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone the Lord is at hand. That's the only thing you have to put on the right side. Why are we not anxious? Because the Lord is at hand. But you see, in Las Vegas, there was an individual who said he lost his faith because he assumed if the Lord was at hand, then this would never have happened. So he jumped to the conclusion the Lord was not at hand. But uh, yesterday, I heard from an individual who was talking about another person at the Las Vegas shootings who was not a believer in God, and he was saved from being killed, and now he is a believer in God. He said, yes, I didn't believe in God prior to that, but now... As I look at it, I believe in God. You see, for him, the Lord was at hand. One of the phrases I heard more than once on different stations talking about the Las Vegas shooting was the phrase, guardian angel. How many people came to the conclusion that there was a guardian angel? Uh, for example, some people would 
lie over other wounded people so they would not be shot again, and they therefore could be shot. Guardian angel, of course, is a promise from the Bible. And the fact that people interpreted this event, that guardian angels were there, shouldn't be at all surprising. Because those in faith recognize the Lord is at hand. It's just that he was at hand through certain guardian angels. Now, others will say, now, wait a minute. What, what if you had a dear friend who was actually killed? Over 500 of them. What are you going to say then? You're going to say that the Lord still is at hand. And we live by faith, not by sight. But what does it mean that the Lord is at hand? It means if he is at hand, so are his promises. There, there's never a time that the Lord does not keep his promises. And for us to figure out in each individual situation how that promise comes into effect, no. We're not only not able to do that, we don't have to do that because God has made promises. For Christians, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So those Christians who were murdered by that killer, guess what? They immediately in the spirit went to heaven to be with Jesus. But what about all those who were not believers? There we leave in the hands of God. Because what Paul is saying is that when you are connected to the Lord, he is at hand. Now, that still doesn't help us to explain why we should not be anxious about anything. Well, I'll explain that from a law and gospel point of view. When people become anxious over something, it's because they often believe that what is happening to them is something they deserve and it is from God. It's a kind of a sense of karma. That God may not be pleased with you. He certainly cannot be pleased with your work since you always fall short of the glory of God. And so is this a way in which he's getting even with you? This is why I believe they have to find a reason why this man did what he did, because they're afraid, well, if there is no reason, then is God really in control? Well, you see, God is in control. And once more, we're going to go back to the Bible. We've already looked at one thing you put on the right-hand side. The Lord is at hand. But what does that mean? Paul continues in verse 8. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. So when we pray for those individuals who suffered violence in Las Vegas, we, we do so with a sense of thanksgiving. And there can be many reasons for that thanksgiving. First of all, that... We're told that had he not been stopped when he was stopped, had not all the rifles and ammunition 
that had become jarred, had those things not occurred, a lot more people could have been killed, and they were not. But it's the next phrase that gives us why we don't have to be anxious. It's verse 7. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? What, what's this peace of God? How can there be peace of God in the midst of Las Vegas death, southern hurricanes, fires in California? I thought peace meant that things would be better. No, the peace that's being spoken of here is the peace between you and the Holy Trinity that you broke with the dividing wall of hostility of your sin. But Jesus repaired. By having died on the cross, he took away the punishment you deserve. This is what the word forgiveness means. You are no longer held accountable spiritually for your sin. You're still held accountable in the temporal realm, but in the spiritual realm, there is no accountability because Jesus took all of those sins to the cross. And that's why the first words he said to the disciples on the night of the resurrection in that upper room, peace be with you. The divining wall of hostility between you and the Holy Trinity has been broken down by Jesus Christ. Therefore, for the Christian, there is never an occasion when you will suffer for your sins eternally. So take a look at all of these terrible things that are causing anxiousness in your heart. Guess what? You have the peace of God. The Lord is at hand. And, and therefore, there's really nothing to be worried about because God is keeping his promises. Never will you get a temptation beyond what you're able to endure because with the help of Christ, you can be content. Oh, in fact, that's the third item I want to look at, and that's verse 11. Paul says, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. The word there doesn't mean happy. Who is content when you're being put in prison, when you're being whipped, when you're being persecuted? No, nobody's content about that. Well, wait a minute. There was someone who was content, and that was Jesus himself. He experienced the worst on that cross because he was not guilty of anything over which he was accused. Yet he did it for you. He was crucified for you. He rose for you. He sent the Holy Spirit for you. And when you understand that, then in whatever situation you are, you can be content. Now, this is something I, as a pastor, would often get across to certain members of the congregation who always seem to be having difficulty in their lives. I remember one woman in particular, she'd phone up and say, oh, 
You'll never guess what happened today. And I said, well, just wait till tomorrow. The reverse will occur. And normally it did. We always can look forward to the future because God's promises can be sure. Uh, for example, I just recently got a email uh, for my cell phone that I had gone over what I was permitted to do with uh, computer stuff on the cell phone. And it was going to cost me more. So they asked me to phone. So I'm concerned about this. You know, who wants to pay more for a cell phone? And when I phoned, they had a plan where it was saving me $20 a month. And I could have the increased load I was using. Now, that was a surprise. And I, I've learned to just kind of look forward to saying, okay, yeah, it doesn't sound very good when you first hear it, but let's see what God has in mind. Now, you may be aware of all this. The Lord is at hand. The peace of God guards your hearts. Whatever situation, you can be content. But the question still comes, how can that happen in my life? Well, that's the fourth item we want to look at out of Philippians 4, verses 12 and 13. Paul says, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. See, that, that's important. When we're brought low, then we learn that we need not be anxious about anything. And when we abound, we learn not to take credit for it. Give all the credit to God. He continues, In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Isn't that interesting? Well, what is the secret? Well, the secret of facing hunger and need is not to be anxious, and the secret to facing plenty and abundance is not to take credit for it. But where did he learn this? Verse 13 is the epitome of this particular section. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. It's kind of like running a race in the Olympics. That There's no way I wouldn't be coming last if I was running a race in the Olympics. But if God strengthened me, I could come in first. I mean, I'd have to have a body that could really run faster than I'm able to right now. But if God so choose to do that, he would do it. It doesn't matter what you are going through right now. As you turn to him, as Paul says, in prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to him, and then he will strengthen you. If you want to see that strengthening taking place, attend a proper Christian funeral where people are devastated at the loss of the life of a loved one. And yet through hearing law and gospel, they are comforted, they are strengthened, and they are not anxious 
we need to learn not to be anxious about Las Vegas simply because we can't figure out what the trigger point was that caused him to do what he did. He's evil, as we all are. And thanks be to God that there but for the grace of God go any one of us. And that's because we're part of that multitude that comes from the east and the west. Oh, that's tomorrow's hymn we're going to be taking a look at with Pastor Mark Smith. And the question we're going to be asking and answering is, how do you know that you're part of that multitude from the east and the west who is saved? That's on tomorrow's Law and Gospel with myself, Tom Baker, and Mark Smith. Till then, God bless. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday at this time on Worldwide KFUO. For a contribution to the program, make your check payable to Law and Gospel and mail it to Pastor Tom Baker, Post Office Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. You can call toll-free at 1-877-267-1962 or email lawandgospel at lawandgospel101.com. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.